Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Chronically Healing Podcast. My name is Jesse Fritz. If you are new here, I am the host over here. And today's episode is with naturopathic doctor, Dr. Lori Bouchard. Dr. Lori Bouchard is an author, an entrepreneur, and a licensed naturopathic doctor. Inspired by her mother's vibrancy and knowledge in natural medicines, she knew from a young age she would enter the healthcare field. She has a degree in health science from Western University prior to completing her doctorate in naturopathic medicine. She is the author of the Live Longer and Stronger with Breast Cancer book. It is a step-by-step guide to help women fight their cancer more effectively. She is the owner of Oakville's most innovative naturopathic healing center, Inside Health Clinic, which has been helping men and women reverse complicated diseases such as Lyme, chronic fatigue, Hashimoto's, and infertility for over a decade. So today, Dr. Lori and I got into just a chat about naturopathic medicine, what it is, why it's important to incorporate into your healing journey, the difference between that and conventional medicine and my story with natural medicine and how it has helped just totally change my the trajectory of my healing journey with chronic illness and it was so interesting hearing from her how she got into natural medicine why she does it she really digs into those confusing cases where you can't really figure out what's going on you still feel bad and your doctor's telling you that nothing's wrong she's the perfect person to work with because she digs into that and kind of becomes your own personal investigator I know all of you are going to be so interested in this episode. Dr. Lori gave us so many important tidbits for anybody that's interested in learning more about natural medicine or just finding ways to ask your doctor better questions and different ways that you can heal. So if you're new here, make sure that you subscribe to the Chronically Healing Podcast so you never miss an episode with us. And if you haven't already, please leave us a review. Reviews really help us continue to grow this podcast and get it into the ears of everyone that needs to hear it. But without further ado, I want to just jump into Dr. Lori Bouchard's episode because I know y'all are going to love it. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Chronically Healing Podcast. I'm so excited everyone is here listening today, and I am excited to introduce you, Dr. Lori Bouchard. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yes, I'm excited to chat with you. We were kind of just chatting a little bit before we got started all about naturopathic medicine, so I'm excited to jump into that and explain that to everybody. But first, why don't you tell everybody a bit about you and where you're located just so they get a gist of that? Sure. Yeah. So I'm a naturopathic doctor in Oakville, Ontario in Canada. I have basically been raised on natural medicine. So um, growing up, I was never put on antibiotics, different medications. I was never um, even I thought people were really lucky to be able to go to their doctors and just get a quick pill to fix something. So I was right. always like, Mom, why can't I go do that? <laughs> so anyways, I, <laughs> I, um, I was just basically raised in this naturopathic world. So um, the people that don't know what a naturopathic doctor is in Ontario or in Canada, um, and I believe it may be the same in the States too, you need to have an undergraduate degree in all of the basic sciences. And then naturopathic medicine is a four-year doctor degree. And Mm -hmm. so 
you do learn all the same anatomy, physiology, um, biochemistry, all the things pertaining to the body as medical doctors. However, naturopathic doctors, what we have in our toolbox is a lot more holistic and looking at clinical nutrition, at acupuncture, homeopathy, botanical medicine. Um, in my clinic, I do a lot of IV therapy, colon hydrotherapy, all the things that really just help the body work better. So mm -hmm. instead of just giving one drug for one ailment, we're looking at the whole person and seeing how they can uh, feel stronger and reach and really heal the underlying issue of what's going on in the system. Mm. Yeah. So, I mean, you kind of touched on it, but like if someone is listening and they've, you know, they've only been to a quote unquote regular Western doctor, what is the difference if they were to come to your office versus, you know, someone else? Yeah. And so I see that all the time where patients would come in with their blood work and say, okay, my doctor said everything is healthy and normal. However, I still feel like absolute shit. Yeah. Can I swear? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> they, they, they feel like absolute crap. And so that's often the case where if you're not looking at the blood work or even asking for specific things, people can generally look very healthy on their labs. And so what a naturopath would do is I would look at, okay, where in that range do we want you to be? We know mm -hmm. that reference range on blood work is um, the average population. So the, for, for example, like iron or ferritin levels, the range is from five to 272. Mm -hmm. So if you float along anywhere in that line, it's like, okay, you're not anemic and everything's great. But we know that the average population is not healthy, right? We know mm -hmm. that. And so the way that I look at labs is very different. And um, when someone comes to see me, we just look at the whole body differently. We spend a good hour with each person versus a 10 minute quick appointment. So I don't say, oh, never see your conventional right. mainstream doctor, but we're here just to get that deeper dive look at what's going on with you and your symptoms and the whole mind body approach. Yeah. I know I've mentioned it on my podcast before, but, um, I've seen tons of doctors. I still work with conventional doctors as well, but when, especially living with a chronic disease, like for me with Hashimoto's, um, quote unquote, a typical autoimmune condition. It's, I was told by Western doctors, it's the best one you could have, <laughs> but like, you know, so it's one of those things, especially people with chronic symptoms and stuff, seeing someone in a naturopathic space, I feel like is so helpful because of that you're spending. I mean, when I went into my first naturopathic doctor appointment, she spent an hour with me. She was asking me about like my parents and not just like, did they have heart issues? She was asking me about like how I was raised. She was asking me about like antibiotics, about how sick I was when I was little, all that kind of stuff. And it was, it was really eye opening to me. Just the fact that I feel like she knew more about my health than any of my other doctors did who I had seen for 25 years at that point. Right. And you do need that integrative and that deep dive look. Cause like you said, there could have been traumas or there could have been when you started producing antibodies, like for that autoimmune, like what did you do even in that year prior? Did you have mm -hmm. a viral infection? Was there some sort of like something that just like set off that immune spark? So d digging deep and understanding why, and even like you said, your upbringing, like, did you have a lot of traumas or emotional issues? Like things that you just like, we know will affect cortisol and inflammation mm -hmm. and stress in the body. So yeah, I love, I, that is so important, right? Any doctor that really wants to heal you, they have to spend the time and investigate, know, mm -hmm. know why what's happening. Yeah. 
But then, like you said before, the, the blood work and the other types of work, you know, stool samples. And I've done like the, like spit tests and all that kind of these crazy tests that I had never done before, besides getting like a regular blood test, that's still important in natural medicine as well. I think some people are like, oh, if I go to a naturopath, then they're not going to test me or they're not going to pay attention to that stuff either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, exactly. And we just dig up a lot of other information. Like you said, I send off poop <laughs> at least <laughs> once a day. <laughs> I want to see like, what is your body actually digesting? Like what you can tell so much about the body based on even like what you're eliminating. Um, mm-hmm. And like you said, you like spitting into something, sending that off or urine, <laughs> urine testing, like all the different ways we can measure because we know blood work is like, what's just floating around in the bloodstream, not necessarily like what's your body taking up and using and actually activating. So all those different tests, there's so many ways to look deep into the body versus just the standardized blood work where most people's does look pretty good. So Yeah. Well, and I think it's important too, to just know like those root causes that knowing like where something is coming from, um, sometimes, you know, for me, I was dealing with a lot of what I thought were Hashimoto symptoms, but it was actually like sleep issues. And I had SIBO and like all these other things that were, you know, showing up to me as similar symptoms, because I feel like with Hashimoto's everything (laughs) feels like a symptom sometimes, but like, um, things like that, where you're getting more testing and, and someone's really paying attention to you and what's specific to you versus just like, like you said earlier, like, are you within the five to 200 range or not? Mm -hmm. It's so crazy. You're right. Cause it's like, you could be, you know, diagnosed with something in Ontario and then in another state, it's like, Oh no, you're fine. So Mm -hmm. yeah. So really taking that individualized, individualized approach. Yeah. So what type of people do you work with in your practice? So I absolutely love the complicated conditions. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) I've actually changed, changed my criteria of who's able to become a patient. It's like, if you've tried everything and nothing is working, um, you feel like you've investigated all areas and you still feel awful. You just don't know what to do next. Those are the cases that I absolutely love. So I will see people with chronic molds, um, chronic pains that they can't explain. Um, just feeling so tired. So whether there's a label on it or not, um, we really, I see tons of cancer patients and usually I look at cancer as not um, just the tumor, right? It's, it's actually a process that's happening in the body and the immune system just not able to um, get rid of this abnormal cell, right? Or those cancer cells are just not dying off. So looking at the whys it's happening in the first place. So mm-hmm. the people that come in to see me in the clinic are usually the ones that's like, they they're so fed up with their symptoms, whether conventional medicine is just not helping them any longer. Um, My very first cancer patient that came in, he was given a month to live. He's like, if my doctor did one more chemo session, I would have, he told me he would kill me. So he's like, I I couldn't do it. So this was when I was like 25 years old, straight out of med school. And I'm like, oh, okay. So I'm your very last resort. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing else works. So now you're here. That's great. Um, But this, with this patient, like as much as cancer intimidated me at the time, I still looked at him as a whole person. It's like, how are you pooping? How are you? What's your energy? What's your sleep like? Like getting that full picture. And this patient ended up living eight years longer than mm-hmm. he in that terminal diagnosis. And this was me just not being that like, I don't want to say um, jaded, but I was very naive. I was very like, okay, let's do everything. Let's just really figure right. it out. And I, I haven't lost that. Like I'm still really 
there's always something else that you can do to find out why some, some health issue is off. Like the body wants balance. It wants to feel good. Right. So it's like finding those key, it's like a private detective, right. Trying to always investigate what else is happening. I think that's so important in a doctor or anyone that you're working with on your healing team. I think it's so, so important to have someone that is willing to do that because I think a lot of times people with chronic conditions or even, for example, my husband has chronic health issues and we still have no idea what it is. I wish we were closer to you. (laughs) I would send them to you, but like, it's just really hard to, you kind of become your own private investigator and to then work with someone who is actually helping take on some of that load and is medically trained to do so is much better than, you know, me becoming a Google doctor and freaking myself out. (laughs) I know. And as much as I like really don't like Dr. Google and I see how the anxiety kind of like spirals, it is in a way good to ask questions. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, if you don't even know what to ask, you're kind of just like at the mercy of your doctor and saying, Oh, he says to take this. So do this. Right. But instead right. saying like, Oh, maybe we could test for these things, or maybe I could take half the dose of this instead of the full dose. Cause remember medical doctors are very, it's like algorithm based. You have this condition. So you need this. And after five years, you're on like 10 different meds, not Mm -hmm. knowing like what's the side effect of this and that. So really questioning is so important where it's like, okay, what, what does this mean? And asking everything about that. Right. So, yeah, that's so interesting that you say that that's exactly what happened to me. Like I was on thyroid medication and then I was on Accutane for my acne. And then I was on, um, when I went off of that, I still had acne. So they put me on spironolactone, but then that messed up my period. So they put me on a Mirena IUD and they, you know, all this stuff. And all of a sudden I was like, what I'm taking so many things. Yeah. Like <laughs> my naturopath was like, what is, we got to get you off of some of this stuff because I was taking one thing that was causing another thing. So then I had to take something for that thing. And it's just constant, but you have no idea. You're just like, Oh, I have acne. I'll take an acne pill. Oh, I have this like, and it's so true. And most people are raised like that, like that thinking, okay, I've got this condition. So I'm going to take this medication and that's going to fix it instead Mm -hmm. of looking at like, Hmm, why does this issue happen in the first place? Let's look at what my body might be depleted in and start investigating further. But you're right. Like most people are just like chemical soups walking around with all these things happening. It's like, I don't even know what's what anymore. Like what's a side effect of the drug or what is actually me. So Mm -hmm. that's good that you, you got to a point. I don't know if you did or not, but it sounds Mm -hmm. like you got to a point where you're like, I want off off all this stuff. Yeah. 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 Yeah, It just got to be too much for me and, and a lot of people, but I think kind of what you said too, um, you don't know what to ask for. I was just seeing a general practitioner. They would check my thyroid. They didn't even know it was Hashimoto's. It could, maybe it wasn't at that point. I have no idea, but, um, they checked my thyroid levels every six months. And if I was really tired, they would bring me in and check it. But otherwise I had no idea that you could check antibodies. I had no idea that you could, there were other parts of a thyroid lab and I, you know, just, happened to come across a general practitioner who was like, you know, you keep complaining about feeling sick. Why don't we try testing your antibodies? And that, and then they realized it was Hashimoto's. But even after that, it was like, well, there's nothing more. We know that it's autoimmune. So there's no use in t- doing a full panel. I just yeah. went and got blood work done at a, at a new doctor in my new 
location and asked for a full panel. And she's like, well, we don't need that. We already know you have Hashimoto's. And I was like, no, <laughs> that's not- I know. And then no doctor, well, a lot of doctors don't like being told what to do. So if right. you're like, oh, I'm following this regime and I want to measure my antibodies and see if it's actually changing and have that control, they're like, well, I don't, yeah, a lot of, a lot of doctors just like, don't want to do it, which, and like you said too, like they don't really have medication besides from Synthroid to actually help with any autoimmune for thyroid. And so they just say like, what's the point even testing or measuring it if their medication isn't really meant for the autoimmune part. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And there's so much more to it too. Like, you know, I, I could go on for days, but just like, you know, even taking myself off of gluten and, you know, I went to a GI doctor and they're like, that's not helping. (laughs) I was like, it is though. I've, I've noticed I'm not bloated anymore. I'm not having these issues. And he literally was like, that's a fad. And I was like, no, (laughs) like I'm seeing this. It's just one of those things where like, and it's not every doc. I mean, my one, I had a regular general practitioner who's the one that found out that it was Hashimoto's or was very inquisitive and stuff like that. So it's not every doctor, but it has been a lot more helpful for me living with chronic conditions to see naturopathic practitioners yeah. just because it's just common. They're n- you're never like, maybe not never, but you're, there's so much more that you're digging into that be, even just having more time with your clients. Yeah. Yeah. And I, the way that I look at medical, the medical system, at least in Canada is Mm -hmm. I, my medical doctor, I get my blood work. I get free blood work through them. I get imaging if I need to, like I get that access or if I need a referral for a specialist or anything, but you know, like that's kind of their job. Anything when it comes to like nutrition advice, like they get an hour in med school learning about possibly gluten sensitivities, or even if they even learn about that, I don't know. Um, but it's an hour, they get an hour. So really like you're asking the wrong person. If you're asking your medical doctor about nutrition, like that's just Mm -hmm. not the right place. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. But so how you mentioned that you kind of grew up in this natural space, is that kind of what pushed you into naturopathic medicine? Yeah. So my mom was very like, um, I would say like the Dr. Google of her time, like she didn't, we didn't have like, I don't even know if we had the internet. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I don't know. But it was very like, she would say, oh, this is good for this. So take this. So this is good for this. Let's take, so I would have like handfuls of supplements, like shoved down my throat every morning, <laughs> just tra- like purely traumatized. I had my first colonic when I was 12. Oh my goodness. I had a earache. I'm like, why would I have to get my bum cleaned for, <laughs> for an earache? Like that makes absolutely no sense. So there's a lot of things I really like questioned about her. And I'm like, what is she doing? That's like, I felt like I was like the odd one out. I had, like bean sprouts in my lunch in the morning. Like it was just really, um, like naturopathic to the key. <laughs> to the and so I, I, um, didn't love it. And like growing up, I was like, I, like I said at the beginning, I want to just go to the doctors and be on antibiotics. Why do I have to take, drink more water? And why do I have to, I don't know, rest when I'm sick. I want to just take a pill and keep going. Right. And that's kind of like how most of us are raised. So it was really only until like high school where I realized, wow, I'm never sick. And Mm -hmm. my friends are getting their appendix taken out and their tonsils out and have these repeated issues going on and on. And so that's when I'm like, okay, maybe my mom's not like way out there. (laughs) (laughs) I remember too, she'd be like muscle testing me in the grocery store. I'm like, I'm like, oh, you're so embarrassing. <laughs> but now it, like I incorporate all of those things in my clinic. So 
through school, I really learned all the research behind it. Like most of our immune system is in our gut. So that's mm -hmm. why for an ear infection, clonics and colon hydrotherapy is very effective to clean out the system. So um, there's a lot of um, studies now coming out about our microbiome, like she's not totally out there. And so learning the science behind it really helped me um, validify a lot of the things that I've learned growing up. So it was like really ingrained and enforced on me at a young age. But as I get older, I'm like, wow, there's how truthful is that, right? Like our, we're born with these amazing bodies and mm -hmm. we can self-heal all the time. Like we get a cut, we self-heal. We can, our, our bodies can make humans, like mm -hmm. <laughs> knowing what to do. Like we can conceive and create another human inside of our body. So we have all these powerful things within us and we don't honor it enough, right? And I think for me, um, being in this field now, it's just like, wow, I don't realize how off that message is. Like a lot of people aren't, weren't raised like that, right? Mm -hmm. So- that's really what now I'm like, there's so much power and having the space to really be able to do this and change all those lives. And people are just fed up with the medical system. We're wanting more. Um, yeah. So that was, that's, that's my story in a nutshell. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's like the exact opposite way that I grew up, you know, it was like, what's the fastest food we can eat? <laughs> what and cheapest, what's the, you know, you have a fever, take ibuprofen, you have this, like, you know, I had headaches growing up all the time when I was young and the amount of ibuprofen I've taken in my life. I don't even, I, <laughs> I don't even know, right. you know, and just like yeah. all these things that now I feel like a lot of people our age, a little bit younger are starting to be like, interesting. Like maybe I wouldn't have to take this if I did something different or, but like you mentioned before, sometimes it's so hard, especially I'm out of the corporate space now, but when you're in the corporate space and you get, you know, well here it's ridiculous, like, you know, four days of sick time or something like that. And yeah. you, you have to push through a sickness to go to work because, or you feel like you have to, it's kind of like, the norm or you're, you know, the odd one out if you rest when it's your period or something like that. So I yeah. think that it's, it's good that more people are starting to kind of wake up to this. Unfortunately, I do think it's because more and more people are getting chronically ill, um, yeah. or at least are more aware of it being out there, but, yeah. but yeah, for sure. But no, there needs to be a culture change. You're right. Mm -hmm. Like the rates for cancer is one out of every two people will get wow. in their life. Time. And even the stats of how the cancer treatments are working and the research that's going behind it, like it hasn't changed in over 30 years. There's been no progress on this, like, quote, war on cancer. Right. And so mm -hmm. to say like, okay, when we're sick, just to take a pill and keep going, it's like, no, our body is trying to tell us something that something needs to change. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, like most of us are conditioned, like we have to keep working and and a lot of our employers say like, we have to, like, we have to be at work. So it's like, get rid of that headache fast or get rid of this fast to have more coffee, work, yeah. work, work the late night. It's like, it's not an environment that's conducive to health, unfortunately, but it's almost like adapting those small things one at a time saying, okay, this is what I can do to help me become stronger versus like expecting that overnight. Right. Mm -hmm. It's knowing that our culture does expect a lot, but what can we put into our day that's making us stronger? Like, learning to meditate and to breathe right. or add in more vegetables, like all the things that are just like one at a time, right. That's mm -hmm. uh, going to help us become more resilient against all those stressors. Yeah. And I, I do think I like that you brought that up because I do think that some people, even myself in the beginning have kind of a fear 
seeing alternative medicine practitioners or seeing natural medicine practitioners because you're like, oh my gosh, I can't, like, I can't even imagine changing everything about the way that I eat, the way that I sleep, the way that I move, the way that I talk, everything. And it, it, at least in my experience, it wasn't that it was, what can we do differently this week? What can we do differently here? You know, when I went off all of those medications, that was over like a year (laughs) span of like coming off, seeing how my body did protecting and like, um, refueling my body in the right way. Once I went off of, uh, you know, a medication. So I think that that's helpful to know too. It's not that you're going to go to an alternative medicine practitioner, at least hopefully, (laughs) and they're not going to be like change everything right now. Hopefully they'll meet you where you're at. Yeah. It's just like unrealistic, right. To expect Mm -hmm. that 360 or 180 degree change overnight. And that's why I'm such a big fan of functional medicine testing. So getting all those tests and see like, Hey, where's the priority? Like if someone is so anemic, low B12, low iron, you're not going to want to change anything. You want to just go and sleep. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's like, until you fix that one thing. And that can be done with like easily getting injections or taking other forms of um, B12, like things just to like get the levels up quicker, which can kind of change the trajectory of how fast you heal. Right. So that testing is critical. So um, yeah, I can see it being very overwhelming if you think you have to do everything at once, but you don't, you really, Mm -hmm. really don't. So Yeah. So working with, you know, kind of those complicated conditions that like, like you said, someone that was uh, diagnosed terminally ill or cancer patients, how, how do you kind of deal with that? Or how do you help people not only come in and want to reclaim their health, but it's probably a pretty scary situation for them coming to you. Some people coming where they might believe it's their last resort, like you mentioned before. Yeah, it's so interesting because a lot of people, they uh, almost every single person who has cancer, they come in and they say, I was healthy my whole life mm-hmm. until I got cancer. I'm like, oh, there's such a skewed vision of what health is, right? Mm-hmm. It's like because they never were diagnosed with something or they never really had symptoms or they just kept pushing through like we were just talking about. So a lot of people, they're kind of like miseducated on what health is. So I've always... With day one, I do this thorough assessment. I take, like I said, about 90 minutes um, just to dig deep in all those aspects of like, okay, what what did you eat your whole life? Like how many vaccines and antibiotics have you been on? Like, what do your poops look like? Like let's <laughs> right. get all of those things. Um, so I really start with just like getting that foundational um, intake form. And then we have to run all of the blood work. We have to see what is your body trying to tell us mm-hmm. and where, where can we start from there? So whether it is cancer, Lyme disease, Hashimoto's, um, thyroiditis, like any kind of inflammatory issue, we have to get the base work of like, What's your ESR? How much inflammation do you have? What's your CRP? Let's see all of the other inflammatory markers um, and then take it from there. So um, I I don't give anyone any advice until I have, what is your body trying to tell us? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's the most important because again, coming at something individualized and what is happening to you, how is your, how are your levels affecting you? Because, you know, a level of five on me might feel different on someone else or something like that. So kind of being able to see those markers, but understanding that it's individualized, right? 
It's so true. And it's so interesting. I was learning how um, breast cancer, like if it's the tumors on the left side, it's related to more um, mother issues. So if you have a lot of, so now I always ask, like, depending on where the cancer is, it's kind of connected to certain conditions. So a lot of the women with left-sided breast cancer, they would say that they've had like traumas or abandonment issues or other more emotional, like deep rooted issues that they never really addressed. And so when they start talking about it and working on releasing these like stuck emotions, like that is huge. Like the body's always trying to tell you something. Right. And so Mm -hmm. to dig deep and say, okay, yeah, this is something that I haven't really worked on. Um, how do you not work on that mental piece when it comes to health? Right. Like you can't be healthy if you're feeling just really stuck and, um, holding on to griefs or guilt or things that just are heavy. They're really heavy. Yeah. Or even just like trauma, like just, um, working, getting into the space of functional medicine, natural medicine and understanding emotion. Like I was someone who just didn't emote. (laughs) Like, I felt like I just don't, I don't do emotions and that's the best way. And, and then, you know, realizing how that gets stuck in more than just like in anxiety or like mental, but like in my body, in the way that I react to certain situations and, and understanding and allowing myself to, to consider something a trauma that maybe someone might not have been traumatic to someone else, but my body is holding it as a trauma. And it's crazy what emotion and mental health and all that stuff can do to physical conditions. Oh, it's huge. It's huge. Cause you think like, for example, lung cancer, why does every smoker not get lung cancer? Right? Like some mm-hmm. smokers, they never get. And so it's the same with any condition. Why does someone with Epstein-Barr virus get lymphoma or any kind of bug? So it's not like the one condition is always going to present with that. It's like, you look at that emotional piece and like, what are you not letting go of? What are things that you just kind of repress? And like you said too, it's like, you don't want to deal with the emotions because it's not easy. It's uncomfortable. Mm. Um, You just kind of like push through and kind of sweep things under the rug, but to face it is challenging and people don't like, not many people like I didn't really want to do it. Who does? Right. Like right. If you're not raised to talk about your emotions. Right. It's like, well, yeah, you just rather do anything else except mm-hmm. that. Yeah. It's just like everything we were talking about before with like food and medications. It's like, how can I quiet this? How can I ignore mm-hmm. it? How can I not feel it? That kind of thing. And just because it's easier, it's faster. It gets you to where you want to go. But then, you know, it will come back, whether yes. it's physical or mental, it will come back. <laughs> like right? It will find it back. Wouldn't that be so nice if it didn't though? If you're just like, <laughs> oh yeah, it's gone. Like I didn't have to deal with it. That's so great. It's like, no, it'll come back and haunt you in one way or the other. Yeah, exactly. So how, I think one thing that I really like talking about on the podcast, but especially working with cancer patients or people that just are like chronically ill, um, how do you help people with that emotional side that finding that hope again, because I'm guessing that that might not be there for some people. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so the mindset is huge. Mm-hmm. If I if someone comes in with cancer, I always ask like, or even with any chronic disease, like, why do you want to get better? Like, what mm-hmm. would how would your life change if you didn't have pain, if you weren't tired, if you didn't feel inflamed or irritated, like what, how would your life be different? And if they can't answer that, if they don't have like a purpose behind it, then it's very hard for them to be accountable to any kind of treatment plan. Um, So often people use like their family members as a motivator, um, something they're really passionate about, like 
um, their children or their loved ones or their parents or whatever it is, their pets. Um, for me personally, I want to be able to like lie on a beach and chill out Mm. and retire and feel like I'm just like in the sun all the time. So my motivation is, and my, of course my three children too, that's, (laughs) that's that's the other part, (laughs) but just to be really healthy and, and feel really good. So everyone's got kind of like their own reason why, or just to get out of pain, right? Like that's a big motivator. So if they come in and they say, I want to do everything that it takes so I can get that part of my life back. I know the chance of get them getting better is like literally a hundred percent. Like they, their mindset is huge. Whereas if someone comes in, they're like, mm, my, my cousin told me to come here and I don't really know. Like my, my doctor said I have a month to live and I believe them and my time is up. And it's like, okay, that's probably true then. Yeah. Right. So it's like understanding what, um, their mindset is at and really saying like, Hey, there's, there's so much we can do, but you have to want it. Like you have mm-hmm. to really, cause it is work. It is a lot more work than just taking a pill, but we know that only gets you so far. So having that main motivation, um, for a lot of the patients, it's just like those mini milestones too. They'll say, I want to be here until Christmas, mm-hmm. or I want to celebrate the I don't know, my next grandchild being born, or they kind of have these mini things that just keep them going. So it's not, okay, I'm going to be here for 20 years. It's like, Hey, what can I do? That's tomorrow. I want to be able to walk around the block a little bit Mm -hmm. longer or something that keeps them motivated. Um, I feel like that's a big part for people just to remind themselves of that, of all the exciting things that they can do and want to do. And that'll help with the lifestyle changes that they'll have to change as well. Yeah. I was just going to say that that's, that was even someone like for me getting into this space and having to make all these changes in my life. And my husband got very chronically ill as well, like right after (laughs) I started healing myself. So we had to make a lot of changes a lot quicker than most people do because, but it was because of that purpose, but there were still times where it's like, I really want to eat rice. (laughs) Like I really want to eat this, but I'm on AIP right now, or I'm, you know, doing this or when you're feeling really, really bad. And, um, you just want, especially if you use food or you use something else as comfort and, and it's hard. So having, um, it sounds simple when you're like, yeah, I'm going to go in there. I'm going to change my diet. I'm going to get rid of all my nonstick pans. I'm going to do all this stuff. I'm going to, you know, use better products. And, but then when you're having one of those days where you're tired or you're hungry and you want that thing that, that inflames you, like for me with rice, um, it's hard, but having that purpose is helpful. You can't always be perfect, but, you know, trying, having something to fall back on is really important. Exactly. And even, so I see this a lot with people trying to get into ketosis. So we do a lot Mm -hmm. of fasting and learning how the body can be less reliant on sugars and just to use more ketones as fuel. And it's really good for detoxing and for autoimmune conditions, all of that. But if you're not doing it properly, if you just kind of like jump in to try to go do like a three day fast, (laughs) you're going to feel miserable. And so same with like different cravings that we have, there's different tricks that we can do to help support our body. So for like, if you're craving tons of rice, for example, or tons of like starchy things, there's things that we can do to help with insulin resistance, to prevent those sugar cravings, to kind of tell our brain that we're, we're full longer. Um, and even to like help break down the sugars more effectively and get it into the cell. So there's a lot of tricks that you can do. So using those symptoms and not feeling like, oh, I feel so 
guilty and awful with myself. Why did I do that? I'm a loser. I'm a failure. Not feeling bad. It's like, take that as, okay, what could I do to kind of change those cravings? So I don't crave it so much or talking to an integrative or a naturopathic doctor to see like, okay, what, what does that mean that I crave Mm -hmm. that all the time? Or why why does that happen? So um, there's always all these little tricks, right. That you can do to make it a little bit easier. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they're really helpful on those, on those difficult days for sure. Yes. Yeah. Cause it's hard. Like if you crave, there's a lot of people who crave sugar so much. It's like, a, it's a drug, right? And yeah. so you start getting the headache withdrawals. And when you start cutting back or you're so tired and if you find you crave sugar all the time, it's a lot of times it's like your adrenals are burnt out. So you're using that as a fuel to keep going or more caffeine. And mm. you're looking at that. It's like, why, like, what is my body trying to tell me? You're just trying to like survive the day. Right. So, yeah. Oh yeah. That caffeine one was, was hard for me when I left my full-time job, I was drinking, which for me was a lot for some people, apparently, according to my dad, it's not that much, but I was having like three cups of coffee a day. Plus I put cream in it that has sugar and I, you know, coming off of that was the worst, but now like it took me a while to come off of it, but now I feel so much better. And I'm like, why did I depend on this stuff all the time, you know, even using Hashimoto's as a, as a crutch in that one, I'm like, well, I'm tired all the time. Maybe I need the extra caffeine when it was actually like doing the opposite. It wasn't helping at all. It's so true. I remember I didn't have my first cup of coffee until after university. So in naturopathic college, I had my first cup and I thought I was like, I just did cocaine. (laughs) I was like, woo. And I could just get all this stuff done. I was like, how did I not discover this sooner? And so you're right. Like it's very addictive and you depends on who you ask. Like that one cup, if you had one cup a day, most people are like, no, that's nothing. But some people, it is like a drug and your liver Mm -hmm. just can't dispose of it. So it's like, don't ask the three cup a day person if one cup is a lot, because obviously that's the response, like in perspective, right? Yeah. Um, But yeah, getting off of any kind of drug is not easy. Yeah. Right. But then it's like, it never starts. It's never one. Like it's like one and then goes to two and then three. And you're like, Oh my gosh, now I just want to have a nap after a coffee. So. Right. I'm like, wait, how is this now doing the opposite? And like (laughs) my anxiety was high and I wasn't sleeping well. And I was like, what is going on? This didn't used to affect me this way. But for me, when I got rid of a lot of that stress from the job, that was kind of, you know, I could like focus it somewhere else. But then when that ended, I was like, wait, this actually makes me feel, it tastes great, but it makes me feel worse than, than when it started for sure. Right. And that's great that you looked at even your job and you said, okay, am I really feeling fulfilled? Mm -hmm. If, is this what I love to do? Cause a lot of people are in jobs they don't love and they drink way too much coffee. They have major anxiety and not looking at, okay, where am I spending 40 hours or more a week? Right. So yeah. it's great that you were able to kind of like step out of that and to really start healing your body. Yeah. Yeah. That was huge for me. I mentioned this when you and I first started talking, I think before we recorded, but just like the, you know, working with my naturopath and my, um, I was working with a functional medicine, uh, like nutritionist and both of them were like, you know, we're testing all the things we're doing all the right things, but until you get rid of that, that, constant stress, that thing that's causing so much stress in your body, you know, and for me, I decided I wanted to, you know, go into my own thing, but that doesn't have to be that that can be finding a new job that can be finding something else that, that fits better, but it's crazy. Like what, what that can do or relationships in your life, friendships, things like that, how much that can affect you. 
Yeah. And I see that a lot too, where it's like their part, someone's partner is so toxic. So I'm like, you may as well be eating Big Macs and cheeseburgers because like, that's just as toxic. So if you're around someone who's really negative and brings you down, like that is just one of the worst things you can do for your health. So looking at that as like, okay, I'm taking all these great supplements and eating the great organic foods and all that. Mm -hmm. But yeah, relationships can be equally as harmful if your system Mm -hmm. is not supportive and loving and encouraging. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's to me, like the biggest reason that getting into the natural medicine space was so life-changing for me was because I didn't even think about that. Like it wasn't things that I thought about there, you know, it wasn't, you know, working with a therapist or working, looking at what, um, what I was looking at before I went to sleep that was causing sleep, sleep issues that was then, you know, rolling me into something else. And, and it was really helpful again, looking at something holistically when you're telling a doctor that's trained in this, your story, they're picking up on these things that they're like, Oh, you're, you're on your phone on TikTok every night, right before you go to bed. And then you're not sleeping until three in the morning. Like, well, (laughs) you know, yes. And you're right. Like when you're in the middle of feeling awful and feeling just not great with what's going on, it's kind of like when you're in the middle of a hurricane storm, you can't see your vision is not as clear and you're not thinking as well as you should versus an outside opinion. So it's almost like, yeah, you do need to get that, um, just that other assessment, other look of what's going on. Cause it's hard to treat yourself. Like you'll go in circles on Dr. Google and start to, <laughs> you'll start to think you have everything and that makes you feel even worse. So yeah, getting that assessment is so important. That's even for people who don't have symptoms just mm-hmm. to know what else can I prevent? What can, yes. what else can I look at to know? Like, am I from my labs, even a few years ago, what's changed and what can I do? That's improving my health. So don't wait for there to be a diagnosis or a disease process to, to learn about your system, what else you can do. Yeah. Yeah. That like preventative, um, or just like understanding your body, I think is really important. I think so many of us grow up, not even understanding what our body does, (laughs) especially as women. So like, so it's just really important. Yeah, no, it's so true. We're just taught to like, keep going and, you know, don't really complain. You just want to, not yeah you don't want and then it's like your body starts screaming at you in many different ways to say okay now can we change now can we address this so it's like you keep hushing it with medications or certain things it's like okay we need to start making those changes at the first onset of something wrong right like listening to our gut yeah exactly 100 percent. the the gut is important for your health and your mental health and for everything yeah. right <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it affects everything for sure. So I wanted to talk quickly about um, your book. So you have a, I can see it behind you. Do you mind telling the audience more about that? So I wrote a step-by-step guide for helping women with breast cancer, but I wouldn't say it's just for breast cancer because a lot of the foundational pieces in this book is how to build strength in your system and build confidence and learning about your body too. And it's written in a very like, I want to say grade two level of explaining because mm. I find if it's too, um, if it's way over your head, like you're not even going to read it. And most of right. the people don't have a background in health or learning, like most people just wouldn't um, know all those terms. And so it's written in a way that's very user-friendly. Um, so if anyone knows anyone who's been diagnosed with cancer, it's a really great um, tool for them just to kind of use as a reference. It's divided up into like the top treatments that you can do, the top assessments, even mm-hmm. like what questions you want to ask your doctor for, or what symptoms are normal or not. Like, so for example, like if you've always 
maybe gone poo twice a week and you think yeah. that you're normal because your doctor said you've always been like that. It's like, okay, let's learn about like, what should it actually look like? Or what should your energy be like? What should your sleep be like? And so it's going through all of like what it takes to really be healthy. So it's more of a book to build confidence and learning about your system. And then all of the tools when it comes to cancer and reversing a disease process, whether that's autoimmune, whether it's cancer, whether it's chronic mold, like where. Mm talking more about the environment that holds the disease versus just like that specific disease itself right like how to how to make you stronger to anything that could come your way yeah I think having that like basic I mean not that it's basic but that for some of us that basic level of like how do I care for my body so that my autoimmune disease doesn't turn into three more autoimmune diseases or it's not cancer or it's it's more than just like taking care of what's happening now but how do I prevent something in the future but if it is cancer that you're you're dealing with or a family member is dealing with too having the right questions to ask or just understanding other things you can do I think a lot of people you know not that you shouldn't be going to conventional medicine or doing something like that, but what else can you do? What can you do when you're not doing whatever, you know, like, so I think that that's really important. And that's a big motivator for why I wrote the book, because Mm -hmm. a lot of women were saying, okay, I'm on this cancer protocol. And they say to, and I'm sure with autoimmune too, they'll say, okay, let's just check your labs again in three to six months. So you're kind of left in the dark being like, okay, now I'm don't feel in control of my body. I have so much anxiety. I don't even know what this drug is supposed to be for. Is it working? What are the side effects? And so your mind kind of starts going. So this book is really to give you all the tools that you can do on a daily basis to help strengthen and ask the right questions and to um, really just change things that are going on in your life. So for the next time that you see your doctor, you just feel that much more empowered and you feel stronger um, versus just waiting. Because we know that just plays on your mind too, right? If you have to wait for the next test and wait, okay, is it going to be a good report card? What are they going to say? Am I going to be put on more drugs? So having that power and asking better choice um, questions is really the main purpose of the book. Yeah. And I'm sure like helping that anxiety on the ends, I'm sure that being, you know, sitting for three months, getting a cancer diagnosis and having to wait till the next time is just super anxiety. Um, inducing. So like having other things that, like you said, put you more in control, like what else can I be doing to, to help myself um, be healthier? I think it's important. Exactly. And there's even a lot of things you should do to protect yourself from radiation and a right. lot of the chemicals that like the gadolinium and things that you get exposed to with these images. So um, how you can kind of prepare for these um for these things that are toxic on our system. So just the different things your medical doctor either wouldn't have the time for, or doesn't just, they don't tell you about. So mm-hmm. what tools we can integrate it. Um, so it's not choosing one way or the other. It's like, how can you feel stronger no matter what drug you're on or um, to s- help with the side effects of that medication, then eventually, yes, to eventually get off of those meds. Cause you shouldn't have to be dependent on anything for life. So. Yeah. So if people were interested in getting your book or connecting with you, what would be the best way to do that? So anyone who's listening, you can actually get my book for free. You can Mm. go to drlori.ca. So it's D-R-L-O-R-I.ca. And you can get the free copy right away. Um, But on that that page too, I also have a cancer care toolkit that you can Mm. get. Um, and then just to see, just to see where I'm at, I do a lot of virtual calls too. So, mm-hmm. um, if you need support or you have questions, you can reach out, um, but you can go to drlaurie.ca to get all that information. Okay. 
Um, do you work with people outside of Canada? I do. Yep. So it'd be more consulting. Um, my naturopathic board is like just for Ontario, but as right. a coach do anywhere in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So one last question that I really like to ask people, um, what is something that you, or what are a few things you do every day that make you feel your best? Cause I think it's interesting. I think we all have, some of them are similar, but we all kind of have our own things. <laughs> um, this is such a good question. Cause I'm, I get very obsessive with work. I'm very like, I just love what I do and I let it consume me. Um, and I often like forget just to kind of say, Oh, maybe I should have a bit of a life outside of with the clinic and <laughs> right. researching and all of that. So one thing I love to, and I now start my day every single day like this, I have, um, a mini trampoline in mm. several places in my house. And I put on, um, like reggaeton music. Yeah. <laughs> put on like really loud, just like any kind of just upbeat, like salsa or like, um, any kind of music that just gets me moving. And I do that for at least 45 minutes every day. So sometimes it's like 10 minutes throughout the day scattered, but a good 40 to 45 minutes of just like, get my body moving, putting myself at that, like higher vibration of, um, just having fun, just not even caring about anything. And just, um, yeah, dancing, dancing is a big part of my day. Yeah. I love that. And it's so, it's almost like kid-like and you are kind of just not caring. Like, it's just, it's, that sounds super fun. I want a trampoline now. (laughs) Yes. Um, yeah, I, I literally, if I'm like waiting for my dinner to be ready, I just start jumping for 10 minutes. If I'm watching something on TV, I'll put my, I'll jump on my trampoline. It's really low impact too. So people like Mm. joint issues or have any pains, you can get the one with like the bar too. So you're kind of like holding onto that, but you can also use it for cardio and like do jumping and like advanced, some advanced moves too. (laughs) (laughs) I highly recommend that. Love that. So, um, (laughs) so is there anything else you would like to tell the listeners of the podcast today? I just want everyone who's listening to really feel empowered by everything that we're talking about. So if you have any symptoms that in your gut, you feel like, okay, you know what? I should feel a little bit better. I should, I shouldn't feel that symptom. Listen to your gut and really investigate further. And if one doctor tells you, oh no, that's normal. Or you need to be on this drug the rest of your life or, oh yeah, you should have that symptom. It's okay. That should kind of like raise a red flag and say, maybe I need another opinion. And mm-hmm. it's okay to have several opinions. Um, anyone who's diagnosed with cancer, I say at least three opinions of different doctors. You want to know what feels right in your gut after your own research and investigating. So anyone listening, if you have anything going on with your own health or you see someone else suffering, then um, take those assessments and really research yourself to see what else, what else you can do to feel better. Cause there's so much hope and having that faith that things will turn around. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's so important. Like finding, having multiple um, opinions and just making sure that, that you feel comfortable with what you're being told, you feel comfortable with who you're, you're working with, that kind of stuff is so important. Um, it's the best way that you're going to be able to move forward is if you trust who you're working with and you trust what they're telling you. So I love that. Yeah, exactly. Right. That's yeah. That's it. Yeah. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Thank you for having me. This was lots of fun. And that's a wrap on today's episode of the Chronically Healing Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that you enjoyed it. Make sure you come over to Instagram and tell me how much you enjoyed today's episode. My handle is jesse underscore underscore fritz, which you can always find on my website or in the show notes. 
If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to the podcast, leave us a review. I know I say this all the time, but it's super helpful in helping the podcast grow and getting the types of people that you want to hear from on the podcast. So thanks again for listening and I will see you in the next episode.